This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ एन एल हफ्ता वी आर रिकॉर्डिंग फ्राम आर स्टूडियो द टू पॉडकास्ट आर यू रिकॉर्ड फ्राम द स्टूडियो वाइल द रेस्ट आर रिकॉर्डेड फ्राम आर होम्स विथ मी ऑन द पैनल टूडे आर मनीषा पांडे हेलो मेहराज लोन हेलो रमन कृपाल हेलो ज्वाइनिंग अस फ्राम पटना इज आनंद वर्धन हाय आनंद हेलो एंड वी विल हैव टू मोर पैनलिस्ट ज्वाइनिंग अस हु विल स्पीक अबाउट देयर एरिया ऑफ एक्सपर्टीज and we are in fact quite excited to have two uh, such good panelists who can talk about two specific areas that have dominated news in the last week one is mohan guruswami he is the chairman and founder of center for policy alternatives and the guruswami center he is a distinguished fellow at the observer research foundation he has been the former advisor to the finance minister in 1998 and has authored several columns and books on policy national international issues and is an expert on india's relations with china so he will be talking about of course China, which has Indo-China battle that has dominated headlines and the skirmishes and the politics happening, and also joining us later will be Tanmoy Goswami. Tanmoy writes about various intersectionalities of mental health as the sanity correspondent of the correspondent. So the correspondent has a sanity correspondent, which is I had never actually known this to be a specific beat. So that's pretty cool. Uh, those of you who have been following their correspondent is one of the first and most successful subscriber-only initiatives. In fact. the co-founder of the correspondent had actually spoken in the first uh, first rob, rob yes rob rob winchberg rob winchberg 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 he had come know. for the first media rumble uh, before uh, joining the correspondent tanmoy was associate editor at economic times prime tanmoy is the winner of ie business school's asian journalism prize so he spends much time in actually uh, suicide prevention advocacy and helping improve media literacy for more humane coverage of mental illness and suicide uh, he lives in delhi he'll be joining us on the phone so that is what our panel so we have you know two area experts which we will talk about but before that uh, manisha will tell us the headlines of what dominated news in the last week uh, it's been a really depressing week actually so some terrible news coming in from the galwan valley 20 of our indian army soldiers including a colonel a commanding officer of uh, a battalion was um, they were killed in a combat in a very violent face off with the chinese army at the galwan valley uh, that's pretty much dominated news there's going to be an all party meeting soon where the prime minister is going to meet and figure out what's going to happen next and there's a lot of news as we record this we're getting a lot of news of de escalation and what's happening on the border um the pandemic is now i think reaching its close reaching its peak india recorded the highest single day death toll spike of 2000 and states are revising the toll there was also the really sad news of sushant singh rajput's death by suicide and there was a lot of terrible reporting around that so we can discuss that uh aap a lot of people in aap have tested positive atishi Uh, then there's Satyendra Jain, and there's also one of the spokespersons who often comes on Republic TV, Akshay Marathe. Supreme Court wrapped the Delhi government on the state of COVID hospitals. Fifty-five um, Indian journalists have been arrested, booked, or threatened for reporting on COVID-19. This was a report uh, by a group called Rights and Risks Analysis Group. World's largest COVID facility is going to be coming up in Delhi with ten thousand beds, and this shall be built. By is there a deadline for this? Or no, I don't think there's a deadline. But I mean, basically now the centre and the state are on the same page. That meeting with Amit Shah apparently went off very well. So he's saying that we'll get the permissions. They will have tests because tests have to be approved by the centre. You can't just start. No state can start importing them. I hope it doesn't go the way of the railways. They said they'll turn coaches into 
covid quarantine centers and all that and that never happened like they converted three or four coaches and then just i think right now the it. negotiation is that because it's so hot they're saying it's you can't put patients in here they'll you know heat stroke will get them if the covid doesn't so can we have air conditioned coaches so i think now that is what the this thing is but apparently they have the money and stuff to put the oxygen so on that they're on the same page but they still don't know for these 10000 beds where they'll get the nurses and doctors from that I is a huge shortage that is the problem when yeah, the supreme court is problem. taking sumoto uh, yeah. you know not of it so they had to show the action so so you had homeless at lnjp uh, but i also find but, it fascinating the supreme court always holds up the delhi government whereas the mcd hospitals have a negligible amount of covid well, patients symbolic i mean delhi government mm. is so yeah then there's been fresh cluster of covid cases reported in beijing i think they're shutting down again and they're in emergency mode some good news life saving drug was found by uk researcher could cut the risk of death by 33% it's called dexamethasone mm. but there's a version of it that's made in bangladesh that is actually quite easily available okay Yeah. In India. Great. And you can administer it for 10 days apparently. Meanwhile, Trump has signed order on police reform. North Korea destroyed inter-Korean liaison officer in terrific explosion. And India alleges the torture of high commission staff in Pakistan. Islamabad rejects the allegation. Apparently, there was some durghatna. Someone bumped someone's car or motorcycle. And the Pakistanis picked up the guy and probably bashed him up. And Whereas you can't do that. In fact... Yeah, diplomatic community. Yeah. They returned the same day. But these things happen. I mean, a couple of years ago, there was this where they used to go in the middle of the night and ring the bells of these diplomats in Delhi and in Islamabad. Oh, ding dong ditch. Yeah, that's what that's what. So my, mental, my colony, one, my colony kids yeah. call it ding dong ditch. You expel one, so Park will expel expel yeah. another. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, speaking of Manisha, your headline was misleading, like many headlines are. Trump signs order on police reform. The order that he signed has negligible police reform. It only says that chokeholds are banned in I don't know, after like yeah that the, uh, the when, when yeah when they hold someone but like that. But are they banned? But, any, I mean, but no, in yeah. some states they're banned, in some states they aren't. Something just that benign. But the rest of his speech when he signed that was basically all about support the police that we are being very unfair to them. So so much. While while there's frenzy on uh, boycotting Chinese products in India. Uh, Mr. Union Minister Ramdas Athawale said that restaurants selling Chinese food should be banned. Go Goodness. Corona, go. No, go, no, go. Gobi Manchurian, no. Go, no, Shizuan Gobi Manchurian. Sauce. Then where will uh, Navika Gobi. and uh, Rahul get the names of their soldiers? <laughs> Don't give soldiers? a joke out. Okay, sorry, but <laughs> but give it. no, but the, your your joke could have gone on air before Hafta goes on. Yeah. Air. Before we move on to the discussion on China, a few announcements. One is the gift subscriptions. As you know, we have a system by which. those of you who can afford one more subscription other than yours or in some cases several more in fact we had one subscriber who gave us 30000 to sponsor gift subscriptions so you can contribute to gift subscriptions if you want to sponsor some student subscriptions you can write to us at contact@newslaundry.com i repeat contact@newslaundry.com with the title gift subscriptions and you can tell us how much you can afford to subscribe and our team will get back to you we'll send you an uh, otp without hassle and you won't ha- i mean we'll send you a link and you'll ha- you can will be able to pay without that otp hassle so do write into us if you can sponsor some subscriptions and we have an nl sena project up the long wait for home when india went into lockdown there were about almost 9 lakh housing units under constructions in mumbai and about 4.2 lakh in the national capital region that construction work halted the economy stressed investors stretched will the buyers get their homes that's an important story it has an impact 
on people's livelihoods, lives, and the economy. We've raised about 20,000. Our target amount is 1,97,000. This is an extremely important story, which will be done by Ritika Jain. And Shweta Desai. So do please contribute to this NLCNA project. It's an extremely important report that needs to be done. And we're going to take down the amount that you can give for NLCNA. If you can't afford to give 2,500, we'll take it down to about 1,000 as well. So these are our two announcements. Let's get into the discussion on China. We will get Mohan Guruswami on the line. But before we do that, Manisha, what was the coverage like on channels? You you spent your last yeah. two days watching this. How nice. So it's quite interesting because exactly a week before the news of the attack hit, made headlines, exactly a week before Sudhir and all were doing these chest-thumping shows saying that Chini forged the video game ki forge hai, haar jayegi, or e, one-child policy ki se in loko nahi aata, or sharabi hai. And also there were headlines like they masturbate too much. I think I read this in Navbhara Times. Yes. Yeah, that they masturbate too much, so they're just, they're not capable of fighting. The basically, so good, good have, solid reportage, which yeah. mainstream media does. So exactly a week after this, when this happened, uh, you know, you suddenly... Uh, the most striking thing to me was, of course, that complete, like, don't ask questions of the government. And immediately, I think, before the prime time, or close to the prime time, A and I had put out a tweet saying, sources say that 43 Chinese, uh, you know, people also killed. And of course, that was completely, you know, nonsensical. But the the whole focus was to erase somehow the death of the soldiers that we lost to just say that, oh, look, we killed 40. Right. And I think that was very tragic. Which is more video game than anything yeah, else. Yeah, and I but I really is... liked, in fact, Sushansari's intervention in Times Now, where, you know, Rahul Shankar was trying to pump him up and say that, you know, but, you know, of course they would have died and said, and Sushansari actually made sense. He said that, I don't care how many people died. You know, 20 of ours have died and we know that. And we need to figure out why that happened. Mm. So, it was no, quite a... this uh, ANI thingy, it hmm. is amplifying because today I just read a BBC report. So, they are also talking about Indian agency claiming hmm. that the 43. So, this is how, you know, things yeah, get amplified. Now, the Indian agency, because yeah. BBC doesn't care to vet the brilliant reporting that ANI has done over the last <laughs> several... That's what. That's so I think very carefully, this 40, you know, 40 Chinese soldiers killed was kind of planted right in time for the primetime anchors to just say that, oh, look, we gave the answer to it. And then the Prime Minister also, of course, said that we killed the that was to handle domestic politics. Yeah, it's all domestic. But, but uh, let us say that the politicians in power, they did not do any chest thumping on this issue. Yes, yeah, so far not. So, so in far. fact, all the BJP spokespersons, at least on the night when this happened, they were very careful. And all of them said also that we can't deal with China the way we deal with Pakistan. These are two different countries. So there, the, I think the line was very, I think everyone was told to be calm and not make hmm. you know, incendiary statements. And so the anchors ended up doing the job for them. Right. What I find particularly disgusting is the way they talk about people like 43, and like you were yeah. saying, the coverage, hmm. this whole dehumanization, no, because I mean, they can't do anything else. That's what ha, they've been numbers. doing with yeah. Muslims ha. and others. And so it's, these are people, I mean, Indians, obviously, they're people because that's why you're mourning the death. But hmm. those people are also, even if they're the enemy, they're people. All these people are like, they're people, somebody's son, somebody's daughter, somebody's hmm. husbands and fathers. Hmm. These are people dying. Right. I mean, they shouldn't be dying for, and this is needless deaths. There's not a war there. There's nothing. I mean, these conflicts are like they have been solved for like 45 years. They can be solved easily through diplomatic means. Yeah. But because you are not doing that, people are needlessly dying. And what I hate is in this war hysteria, I mean, there's also this message that, you know, most of these channels are now that we'll send more to death. You know, we will, our shaheed will be ready. 
who has given you the right to say that because about these people, people yeah? can say that they don't have to go to die themselves yeah. or their loved ones somebody as long as somebody else is dying what do they care so before we actually discuss this in detail among the five of us let's just uh, get our guest into this so mr guruswami if you can give us an idea of a uh, do you feel distressed at the kind of coverage that an issue as serious as this gets in uh, news especially television news uh, or is it fairly accurate uh, what you see the commentary around it and the, uh, the the reporting around it and finally is there any credible way to ascertain china's casualties or the damage done no you know of course i'm distressed by the coverage you know i'm distressed as how this is turned into a jingoistic uh, fest in in our tv and our media also and that is very distressing because in that the truth is the casualty and uh, we still even now we don't know what exactly transpired at that point all we know is a reluctant acknowledgement of 20 people died but 20 people didn't die in the physical fight many people drowned in the galwan river because from what i hear they were both brawling on a ledge and the ledge collapsed and because it collapsed people came down i know this much that the ceo of six bihar who died both his mother and wife both told the local media in hyderabad that colonel babu also was fell in the water now the only water there is the galwan river fast flowing galwan river there have been to galwan many years ago is very cold is almost 1 or 2 degrees it's a snow melt it just comes out raging from the mountains in june there is it's a raging torrent and it's about quite deep at certain places you know 6 to 10 feet at that speed and you run the risk of hypothermia from what right. we are hearing now is a lot of soldiers died because of hypothermia they say of the cold but you know, and obviously they were not equipped for it they were in uh, they were in light woolen uniforms for a summer for a clear summer day and this fight began at about 7:30 when it cools down very rapidly right it, in fact the the difference in the uh, in the sunlight even in the day i remember i've shot yeah. extensively there if you're in the shade and if you're in the sun even in like bursting noon the temperature difference is is phenomenal it's quite quite severe and the night of course it gets very cold so they yeah. were brawling and it started at 7:30 in the evening so obviously there were no lights and there was bashing and stone throwing and and all that happening and from what i understand the the chinese party and the indian party were in equal numbers but the chinese could augment their strength very fast by the time the indian reinforcements moved in from down it took time in that gap there was this loss of life and you know a fall from the river and all that obviously the chinese also took casualties but right. this is not a this is not a game of how many did we kill and how many did they kill right we we lost lives to the brawling but we also lost lives to the river so if you want to do a comparison you have to get details to do that i don't think i don't think our men are any slouches that they can all be you know slaughtered with sticks and not give it back i don't think that really happened but is there any way to i mean other than the chinese you know giving us their data which in any case is unlikely well, i i would i would tend to believe the indian army sources which are coming out with saying that over time 40 chinese casualties were evacuated whether okay. they died or whether they were injured doesn't know but that would be about the kind of casualty rate we had sure we also had about 45 or so 
And from your understanding of of this region, you said you've been there and you are an expert yeah. on Indi- Indo-Chinese relations. Yeah. This area where this battle happened and now that what China is claiming as is theirs, you know, because when you see the, the the news cycle at one level, I guess there's a tendency of wanting to downplay that the Chinese have come across because too many channels have invested too much time and their credibility capital, if they had any, on saying that there was no incursion. So now to no, say no. that the Indians, you know, was trying to push back the incursion, that's why they got, you know, uh, got into a fight would be a difficult one. At the same time, to say that we wandered into Chinese territory would be kind of disservice to our international relations. So, what do you make of this? I'll, I'll explain that, that border to you. This, yes, please. This Ladakh border, there are two LACs, a Chinese line of actual control and an Indian line of actual control. They overlap. In many places, the overlap is very small, but maybe 10, 15 yards or, or, or more, little more than that. In some places, it is tens of kilometers. For instance, at Depsang, the distance is about 30 kilometers between their line and our line. So what we have evolved over the years is a modus vivendi, that we will do patrolling up to our line and they will come patrolling up to their line. And just to be clear, between these two lines is a no man's land kind of thing. Is That's what you're saying, right? It's not a no man's land. All of us claim it. We say it is ours and they say it is theirs. The modus vivendi is that we go on a patrol up to our LSE, they come on a patrol to their LSE. Our two patrols don't confront each other. We don't tail each other, okay? And we don't build anything of permanent nature in that ground in between, which is contested ground, okay? Now, this is the situation. So, so far, we have been adhering to that. Now, in, 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 uh, in, in May or end April, there is an annual Chinese PLA exercise, which they move reserves up to. The militaries do this all the time to see what speed they can move in. So they were moving in. Every year we mirror image that. We have joint exercises between the Indian Army and the ITPP. This year, because of the COVID scare, we didn't mirror image their exercise. Because three soldiers in the Ladakh scouts came down with the virus. <laughs> because some of the boys from Kargil had gone to home in Iran for, uh, or their families had gone there and they had picked up the virus from their homes. There was an outbreak in Kargil, remember? Right. So it came it came into the troops. So the army in the thing said no exercises this year, not now. In that gap, that means the Chinese had moved forward. Now Galwan is important because there was no dispute on the line there. Both the Indian line and the Chinese line coincided at Galwan. Okay. So the Chinese had moved beyond their line in Galwan, and which is and Galwan is strategic. You see, for instance, the Pangong so place where there's a dispute also on, it is not of strategic importance to us because this is on the north side of the Pangong and it is very untenable in terms of security. But since when has Pangong so been disputed? I mean, I've been there several times in short. Yeah, yeah. But you know, there are with this five fingers area north of the Pangong on the north bank, not where on the south bank mostly. All our Tangse and Chushul, all that are on the south bank. I see. This five fingers on the north bank. So you've got to go across the Pangong to touch the five, the eight fingers area. So you must understand that. So you know what happens is these are indefensible positions in a conflict. But it is our land. You know we were claiming occupation. The Chinese were also claiming occupation over three fingers, the last three fingers. Up to five, there was no dispute. Six, seven, eight, they disputed. They were on the eighth line, permanent post. So this in-between gap there was. So there is 
some it is not of great great security importance whereas galwan is of security importance because when you come down you are about 1 km from the road or 2 km from the road now that road is darbuk gbo road is the only link to dbo dalbeg oldi and dalbeg oldi uh, we have an advanced landing ground and you know from there there are some posts which are supported but it is in push comes to shove it's not very strategic but it is there it is ours and this galwan incursion threatening that road if you come there then means the entire depsang everything goes okay right so they came they brought their post down there and they said we are here which is when you you're not supposed to be here you're supposed to be here which is correct hmm then they pulled back a little bit and then we at the point 7548 or whatever they went back up to there and put a tent so we said that you have to go beyond this because the earlier position is beyond that they agreed at the lieutenant general level at the major general level they agreed so when the 6 bihar went to battalion went up to check the around the chinese tent was still there and the chinese co was also there to so that the disengagement could start somewhere in that process a fracas broke out we don't know the details the chinese haven't said why indians haven't said why a fracas broke all we get to hear now is that the co of the 6 bihar 16 pulled the tent down and set fire to it that i've heard somewhere today i read in some newspapers also right but that is what i hear that's anecdotal that's not come from the indian army right now that they said that that trigger off a clash and the chinese reacted and then we reacted and there was a fisticuffs there when the fisticuffs began more people came from the chinese side and they outnumbered us so more people from the indian side it took a couple of hours for them to join up in that period this people, this group was assaulted and the ledge collapsed so both from what i can make out both indians and chinese fell into the river okay i want to understand one thing from a you know foreign policy point of view and since you are an expert in indo chinese yeah. relations i mean i guess there would be some speculation involved here and if you would care to speculate if mm-hmm. not i understand what could be the reason for chinese to do this because fine this has been disputed forever yeah, there has yeah, been issues of yeah, you know like you said time. our la wa, wa, yeah our actual line of controls overlap so we don't do it at the same time so we don't run into each other but what would be the trigger for the chinese to do pull off something like this right now you know a month ago our exalted home minister spoke in parliament he said we are going to re- recover every inch of accession and we will not rest till we recover it Hmm. and we we know how to recover it we will do whatever it takes to recover it this has been quoted in the new york times yesterday that paragraph the new york times says that also raised hackles in china say why is this man talking about this and he is seen in china rightly or wrongly as next to modi i see so that and could be a trigger also there been also other what the chinese would say provocations like we asked for an explanation for the wuhan virus we said that who must investigate and let everybody know and various things which all led up to their typical repost that we got to teach these fellows a lesson and so you like are shakers up because they know how every little ingress every we just go berserk the chinese right. have come the chinese have come and what are we doing you know that kind of hysteria so i think that could be that we don't really know what's in the chinese mind but chinese are hyper aggressive on all sectors of their borders you know okay and, other than uh, these two provocations I, i i had a question other than these two provocations you know we were noticing in fact uh, our media critic manisha had kind of speculated last <laughs> time that 
we were watching prime time channels and you know there were shows like one hour long shows that the chinese are lily livered because they only have one child they don't have the guts to fight they are basically weak they are weak mentally they don't they're have a video game army they are a video game i mean there's no rubbish which goes on in our media yeah of you course know. no now we're just wondering would the chinese embassy be viewing this and this is not one or two channels this is like four of the largest viewed channels yeah there does is this, does this does this does this actually does this impact foreign relations it go, they watch our media very closely oh so you mean this they could actually this could this could add to the to the provocation you think is i mean does this have an impact or they look no, at it, it as a side show i'm not saying that they watch there's a lot of thing which is they look at it in their eyes because their media is so pliant and you know obedient hmm they think that in our way, in our system our media is influenced to do all this and that this cannot so many times chinese thinkers and chinese you know policy makers have said but your media is constantly saying this and it cannot happen until unless your government encourages they are right though so so they are right in that sense <laughs> at least for now this government they are right <laughs> but oh so at you, least with some channels i see so that is what you think is this whole i mean the, the, from the foreign yeah, policy so you know, it is it is their whole thing of there's always there's the famous minute of the 1962 commander of the northern sector who said if you do not have the military means don't have political objectives okay now mm. we have the military means but we we were not ready we were caught napping if our exercise took place in may our troops would have been up there on the line right i they see they were sleeping in 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 lay worried about covid right right now this is a and you see then there is also a problem itbp doesn't report to the local commander itbp reports to its chain of command which goes to, um, to in, there is one command in srinagar then it goes to delhi from delhi it comes to the home ministry and then the home minister is told it takes about 4 5 days for it to travel so we don't know exactly when the chinese ingressed here because that's, they don't report to the local command that's that's kind of tragic and local military command and they don't they hide things from the military the military constantly complains that in active sectors the itbp and the bsf should report to us but ips fellow sitting there saying we will not report to any non wala whether he is a general or whether he is a brigadier they are always constantly looking you know an sp of police in the ips compares himself with a brigadier or or a colonel which is absolute nonsense sp became a fellow became an sp in 6 years a colonel commands a battalion and a brigadier commands a brigade of 9000 people and you are mm. saying that you know he is equal to a senior sp right so they don't report that is the problem so when did the question we have to ask is when did the home minister know and what did he do because this is his failure not the mot's failure yeah that's a question no one's that's asking that's a question no one's asking actually that's a very good question i, I had one last question uh, sir um you have been advisor to a cabinet minister you have you know policy expert at the highest levels what would your uh, you know recommendations include at this stage uh, for india you know if you were in in that post again like you were in 98 from an economic point of view and from a strategic point of view what what are the best options india has i i would i have been flagging red flagging the chinese trade deficit for many years i said the dependency is growing and you have to tell the chinese again and again very firmly that the trade gap will not be allowed and that they have to either allow more in, in, buy more indian goods or make more investments because this is a net loss uh, and right. that they are enriching themselves at our cost now we never did that now as a result today we have no 
IT sector, manufacturing hardware sector. We have no telecom hardware sector. We had this big Nokia factory. We allowed it to be shut down by competitive trade unionism. We all wiped out our IT sectors. Nobody even assembles an old desktop in this country anymore. And we, I have been saying that you need a tariff system to slow down Chinese imports. Or, you know, even today, we are dependent on mobile smartphones on, on China. But, you know, Taiwan is a major producer. HTC, the world's biggest telecom mobile phone company at one time, is a Taiwanese company. But we didn't look at alternate places. We let everything go to China. It was total free for all. China, we can't control any Chinese imports. An economic Manjai boycott is a pipe dream. You're, you're saying an economic boycott is a pipe dream. There's no way we can no, quite... No, now you can't do it. But you do an economic slowdown. You tighten up and you keep putting it on the agenda for your meetings, for your discussions. We never put it. Only after Modi came in the last two meetings, he put it up. Before that, it never existed. Before that, it was, you know, please support us for security counts. Please declare Azhar Mahmood as a terrorist. What not it different does it make they declare Azhar Mahmood a terrorist or no? Yeah? He right. is a damn terrorist. We consider him a terrorist. And we put out a contract on him. That is what should have been our, our position. Instead, you know, the MEA fellows go begging all the time, saying, please allow us to be, join the Security Council. Please allow us to join the Nuclear Exporters Club. Please allow us to join Nuclear sub, uh, Suppliers Group. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, we've made all these bubbles become major points in our diplomacy. And every now and then, the Chinese give you a little bit of, you know, they say, okay, Azad Mahmoud is the terrorist. So what? Now, we have pegged our foreign policy objectives to these things. So you think it's they'll pull back thing. now? Will they de-escalate? They've made their point and they'll head back? Or how, how do you read what they will do? I think I think they'll, they'll, they're already headed back. They're only left in Galwan today. I don't know what the talks will, will, will end up today. But I think they're not going to go much further beyond than they've already gone. That means they'll be in some part of Indian territory and some clown in India will start saying that, you know, oh, the Chinese have not vacated. They've still got five kilometers of territory. Now... Hmm. The country is people, not land. This is something we can't realize. Mm, yes. And sometimes, you know, it's untenable to hold certain positions because the supply lines are too tenuous and they're too expensive. Can you imagine the cost of a liter of petrol in DBO? How much it is it? It has to be taken over the Khardongla. It has to be first taken to Leh. From there, it is pumped up to over the Khardongla and then taken to, to Dalat Bay Goldi. So by the time a jerry can goes... It costs about 10 times what it costs in, in, in Leh. Yeah, in fact, when we had gone to shoot there, I remember we used to carry cans in our car because half the petrol pumps there are closed. We were told because they black market it. When we go to the pump, they said, sale nahi hai. So, but you'll get it. But you'll get it. Black marketing. You'll get it at some dhaba down the road. You know, dhaba sell petrols in cans, not petrol pumps. I found this. That, in, that, it's that it's there the in many supplies. parts of Arunachal and Nagaland also I found the same thing. It was a major general court martial for it. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, some years ago. But thank you so much. That was extremely insightful, Mr. Guruswami. It's a delight to have spoken to you. I wish we had more voices like yours talking on news. If you have a recommendation for our listeners on something that they should read or watch that could enrich their lives. <laughs> on the border, they should read my book. Oh, great. So please tell you us know, exactly in, what your book in, is in, called. In, we'll tell them to order India, it now. India-China India, Relations, The Border and Beyond. It's entirely about the border. So it's called India-China Relations, The Border and Beyond by Mohan Guruswami. Go check it out. Yeah, if it's yeah, on Amazon, yeah. order it. And I'm sure you yeah. will find yourself and, a lot and, more. And then, then you can also read uh, General Palace's book about the history of the war on the high Himalayas. 
these are lot of there lot of books this has got lot of literature on the subject you say general then you can read about the chinese economy indian economy people like pemshikar jain others have written. even i have written chasing the dragon chasing uh, the dragon on the, on the indian economy and the chinese economy but mine is a little dated now because mine was published in about 2006 maybe you can write a piece for news laundry uh, we'd love to publish <laughs> your insights we read and because our thanks to our subscribers we we even started paying people for writing from the really? bad old days when you couldn't yeah. yes so thank you so thank much thank you so sir. much okay. that was okay. great bye. thanks have bye. a good day so that was mr guruswami uh, anand uh, would you want to weigh in on this whole issue and what is a possible resolution i think uh, the other side of it uh, i i i would focus on is uh, it has to be seen also uh, as a part of a pattern in the recent months or if you may say years also where the chinese militarist nature has been uh, visible and uh, it's a anxiety to stamp uh, it's means hegemonic uh, at least asian hegemony has been quite apparent uh, it, it's not only with case in, in, in relation to india it's others other neighbors like vietnam philippines malaysia or even taiwan so if we, you take it as uh, not a part of china its its aggression has been quite visible now two three factors here i think is are important is it is that chinese are interested in iss is now ambiguity on lse not resolution of it and they have always uh, their strategic interest in the galwan valley or the region has been about, about ambiguity it, it dates back to decades Uh, say like s gopal the historian who worked in external affairs ministry and negotiated the boundary with china chinese in um, during nehru's time wrote in 1960 that the uh, and i quote that the chinese alignment as was apparent from chinese statements was inexplicable inexplicable on the basis of any geographic principle so basically they have been interested in ambiguity now what deters them is that the logistically they are somehow at disadvantage with india even if location wise they are at a bit of uh, in bit of advantage because india can move uh, say the conventional force or even the air support quickly to the area but not the chinese and their infrastructure projects have been because of that and the methods that uh, they used for the lowest scale skirmishes also suggest the same so also i think china is now in a space where some of its rogue behavior that comes with a, a rising power almost a hegemon has been mollycoddled internationally and there has been a lot of mollycoddling under the pretext of political correctness about china but what do you think of of what um, mr guruswami said that a month ago in fact this has been quoted in the new york times and is uh, being speculated as one of the reasons for them kind of flexing muscle that when amit shah got up in parliament and said now we will take back gilgit hum puri whatever rakhte hain every inch of our land from you know from the occupied territories he mentioned uh-huh. specifically aksai chin also and he specifically mentioned aksai chin uh, and this is, this is and, man. and he's seen as as the number 2 you think 
that kind of provocation also has something to do with them doing this now i have seen those kind of uh, assessments they may be valid but uh, i uh, the counterpoint is that uh, say a civilizational power like china which is now on the cusp of becoming a militarist hegemon is a long game power it, it it would not be triggered by a statement here and there but uh, one important thing which makes that valid it is that the reason uh, there is a theory in international relation about power vacuum while the india china border is reason of power overload and that is to say that after i think second world war you don't have a region where two great powers of course there is power asymmetry with china way ahead in terms of economy as well as military power but at least two very large powers you can say are in such say close proximity to each other which has its own set of problems and a statement here and there can cause anxious moments yes the second world war reference was that some great powers were in close proximity in western europe and military powers hostile to each other now after that there were hostile powers but not to the extent in a very close knit to say geographical contiguity oh, what uh, uh, this is a unique uh, um, situation if both powers uh, turn to be militarily hostile and also uh, in last 5 to 10 years uh, say since uh, the russian designs in crimea or, uh, sorry ukraine there has been a revival of the classic power game where military power and, uh, and the land acquisition land is, is again back in the game in international power hegemony so what uh, not only russia after russia china is showing the same with whether all in the string of pearls or south china sea policy or everything it is all adding up to that design I think coverage like this it's just so difficult to get a ground report because you can't possibly get any credible like for example now I saw Aaj Tak has sent Shweta Singh uh, of Nanochip Technology fame and Gaurav Savant the wannabe commando to Ooh, lay Suddenly she has become like sawal puchna chahiye fauj se ki patrolling kyun nahi kari aur kaise hamara wo hadap liya Isme hum sarkar se sawal nahi puch sakte They have I mean, they've gone to a different level but no but, but you know the point is making the barkhas also line up in lay now fine it makes a difference that you're there you may have some access but Raman sir you were saying you've been there the actual action is like a Three day walk or a one day walk or something. It's so you more can't. More than that. It's more than that. I mean. I mean, you'll have to drive down 2000, A to a point. In two thousand, I was, uh, you know, guest of ITBP, and I stayed. I was camping there for seven days. I had gone for some other story. So at at that time, they told me that how far China's China has come in. They have made roads up to their border, and in fact, inside the Indian border. Hmm. and we had informed to the home ministry hmm. so they had told me in 2000 hmm. and at that time we had done the first time when the stories so you're uh, saying to do a ground report it's not possible because you can't even get there so there's no said, way to i said i want to go there i want to see the chinese roads hmm. so can we see it from a distance he said yes but you will have to walk for 13 days 
He said there is no either other way to I mean we will take so, you agar aaj unhone roads bana bhi diye hain 20 saal mein we still probably have to walk 4-5 kilometers and there's no way reporters can Haan. do that so actually reporting a story like this is so hard no, I mean you I mean you have to go by sources then na if you defense see, sources aur kisko pata hoga yeah, but even, you know, even the print media they have come up with good reports like express has come up with their good yeah, report yeah, yeah, i saw that they are explained but that that is also very perplexing because they are saying that after the chinese made the they, they came in they have taken away 60 km so india was talking to china and they have created a kilometer of buffer zone mm-hmm. okay so in that kilometer of buffer zone so our indians they located one chinese camp so apparently colonel uh, what is santosh it? babu ah uh, santosh babu with his men he went to that camp and asked them ki why you are here hmm. because this is a buffer zone and this is where the altercation happened, happened uh, yeah. so i just wondered that if you locate something maybe i mean what is the chain of command i mean you can he take that decision on yeah. his own that should i burn this so, tent so, so, should so i take so it do, off do you, will you walk down to that camp or will you call up their uh, you know uh bosses and you will tell but, them but but if they've been told that meet aggression with aggression and if that guy speaks rudely then you speak rudely say hum nahi jayenge tumhe jay i mean then it really depends on that individual's temperament i mean then you've it's beyond your home minister or defense minister or external affairs minister then but it's abhi they are they they must be speaking i i just presume they must be speaking chinese and we are speaking either hindi or english so if you don't understand each other how does it actually play out that's <laughs> no but also uh, from some of the accounts that we've read in economic times and news 18 and india today and uh, indian express is that uh, the colonel burnt i mean we went there and they were supposed to be taking the tents back and we burnt it down there is some reports are saying so i don't know if the act of burning down could have been just the commanding officer's call or could it be someone from the northern command or someone from the center saying that okay you know if you see them not going back just take them out or just destroy the camp or just it destroy the camp also be after the scuffle broke out then after that ah. during that they burned i mean you don't just go so, yeah. and the only person, burn down the something the only right? person who would yeah. know is someone who was fighting that yeah, 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 people who were there there's otherwise there's the no only guys we can only guess yeah. so there have been these pictures some pictures have come ah. up those weapons the chinese used with the yeah those, the clubs and yeah, the barbed wire and stuff yeah. they look really so yeah i mean the fact that they had those handy means they were kind of, yeah, kind yeah. of I mean, there was i mean they were ready to do this and to be killed like that it's how, just i can't I mean, imagine how these weapons it's a baseball bat pictures have shown no 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 real oh. pictures i think the military indian military people took those pictures they captured some of those weapons okay from Except, the scene you know i don't know if you've seen gangs of new york there's this oh, one I've guy seen. who clubs yes, people to yes, death yes. it's like that kind of club or if you see films like mad max and all these you know dystopian troubling films you know with these kind of clubs with the nail at one right. end yeah, yeah, yeah. disgusting really, really. kind of so and, but one thing i wanted to just add is uh, when we were talking about reporting most of the defense reporters whether it's manu pabbi sushant singh shivarur uh, ajay shukla all these guys for the past two months at least have been reporting that things are not normal up there that there's a, something is happening and which is cha- not yeah and the channels have been saying nothing is and abnormal. we've been downplaying it i mean we ourselves have a report on i mean we have a piece by david devidas i think we published in on may 23rd or something mm-hmm. saying that a chinese attack is imminent we must be prepared so clearly people knew and i mean even the defense correspondents may vary on the number the figure the exact details there was an indication from all of them at least from everything that i read that something is a miss that this is not usual behavior now when you know that 
then for 20 men to have lost life i mean i like uh, mr guru swami said there have to be questions asked on what exactly what intelligence were they getting did they act on yeah, it I did they not yeah i think 20 lives to go like this is a, is a big number and that is just like I mean, and, i mean general panag was also saying that it's never happened to an indian army that a ceo a commanding officer of a unit has been clubbed or i mean he's been attacked in this way and killed and by all accounts it's just like i mean there are more than 100 people who are seriously injured in hospitals yeah and there are some apparently some people who are still with the chinese they have like well, detained yeah, them I mean, so again there's there's no way one can know this but yeah. you know, i think it's not an intelligence failure because we already knew the situation there was a situation it's a response hand. it's a response, response what failure, has happened yeah. over there no but i just Don't. find it fascinating that even right now that there were columnists and commentators who were taking a line that nothing ordinarily out of the ordinary is happening and those guys still get air time Yeah. I mean it just shows the caliber of news I mean of course ca- for, for Arnab to be doing a debate on boycott China with Vivo being, and being sponsored by a Chinese company <laughs> I mean the I mean what do you say log itne gadhe hain ki wo we've done a piece in fact not just Arnab Amish Devgan Rubika Liaquat aaj tak the new cable act in principle prohibits all these things but you won't think you won't see these cable act you know applying right. on these exactly. people exactly selectively apply uh, it will be selectively applied. so um also this whole war hysteria i mean there's this self image that indian sort of upper class has created over the last 2 3 decades that we are there we are competing with china that was true until like say 2007 2008 2009 after that the gap has widened so much you have a trade deficit of 3.3 billion last year there was a report that if a war broke out indian army has ammunition only for 10 days right i remember that report and i think about 60 70% of the all the weaponry is what is called antique vintage basically it's so old that it's called vintage so that gap is so huge and you are creating this war no, you're talking about, so what are you going to do send people to their deaths and also you're talking about china which is right now looking at taking on america so i mean yeah. that is the league they are playing in and so. you see that their media has not given a shit about what's happened here no, they, they, they their media is controlled all, i mean they're completely controlled but whatever messaging the state wants to give this is clearly not something that they you know even it's, at it's a world stage would want to you know care about because it's everybody's responsibility i mean just to make know. sure that lives are not lost people don't die for no reason yeah and what i think what mr guru swami said was very interesting the amit shah's address and i just read it he actually said that we can we can ready to shed blood for pok and aksai chin why did you make that statement in december it's a very irresponsible statement now come to no, think that, of it I, i think that's because i think pratap bhanu mehta's piece was i mean we have caricatures of leaders i, I think they the only understanding is winning election that i yeah. genuinely believe between modi and amit shah they have zero understanding of you know taking on foreign affairs external affairs how i mean theirs is just be modi modi wembley stadium ya you know न्यूयॉर्क में जो भी है मैडिसन स्क्वायर गार्डन में लोग देखेंगे इंडिया में देखेंगे वोट देंगे आई आई रियली डोंट थिंक दे इवन अंडरस्टैंड एंड एवरीथिंग दैट मोदी डिड फॉर ट्रंप ऑल द मनी ही स्पेंट ऑन हिज विजिट्स एंड ऑल we will be discussing sushant singh rajput's suicide so in case you find that distressing you may want to tune out now so we'll move into the discussion on uh, something else that made headlines and prime time last week which was the death of sushant singh rajput a prominent film star uh, someone with a lot of talent and tanmoy uh, is here joining us hi tanmoy hi hi i'm now how are you 
very well thanks and may also when i had done your intro in the beginning i wasn't sure about this you ha- i mean you are the sanity correspondent of the correspondent uh, incidentally the co-founder of the correspondent was at media rumble 2 3 years ago at 2016 were you were you there at the time i was there that's where i met rob the founder oh, yeah, oh i see so i guess i owe you guys oh <laughs> not at all man nice we oh that's where you met him so okay so and yes. and you, when did you start working for them uh last year around i mean they launched in september so um before that i was with tt prime and then i left and joined them in august so started working in september actually so they launched in the us last year so you're you're reporting for that that us portal right or have they launched another one for india as well no this is their global the transnational portal correct uh, right um they did not have but they didn't eventually open an office in the us actually they're still headquartered in amsterdam even the english transnational edition I and see. the correspondents are all located in different countries so i'm one of the five that they hired in the first batch essentially so when you say a sanity correspondent you basically deal with mental health issues and you said you yourself are uh, are on medication for uh, depression that's is right. that right that's right yes depression and anxiety uh medication and therapy for like um as long as i can remember in my adult life basically i see so can you just give us one about the coverage on this specific issue uh, on this specific case sushant singh rajput and generally the myths and the norms or conventions of reporting on people who you know harm themselves take their own lives or speculation on mental you know on depression a do you think there is any reason to speculate on hey, uh, on sushant singh rajput's mental state or that is not anywhere journalistically any credible information that you can actually talk about why he took his own life and is it necessary for someone who has taken his own life to be depressed right thank you these are incredibly important questions and i remember i had a conversation with a very senior editor about something very similar about a year ago and this person was quite baffled when i said you know suicide reporting or reporting on mental illness should follow certain ethical norms and they were wondering why why should we not for instance disclose a person's identity or their method of suicide um what is the problem uh, and the reason why many sort of seasoned media professionals continue to think like that is because suicide was for a very very long time a crime in this country as it continues to be in several other countries around the world and so suicide was reported uh, reported by crime reporters uh, and so this is there's this legacy of of, of those days that kind of uh, uh, makes us think that suicide is fair game and you can report everything in sort of granular detail Uh, you know your question about the uh, uh, the specific episode of this particular person's death i think a lot has already been uh, said and and tweeted um, about how the television uh, crop did an absolutely horrendous job of it no, no surprises there but i would like to sort of focus on something slightly slightly brighter and more more heartening which is that you know a couple of years ago when some of us would raise these points with editors uh, maybe writing emails to them saying hey why have you um, used this very very jarring sensationalistic headline or why have you used this very triggering illustration of a noose or something a person lying in a pool of blood you know we would be met with the chirping of crickets there would be zero response about a year year and a half ago a few of them started responding positively and they would even take down stories or they would modify the headlines to uh sort of satisfy the who guidelines on suicide reporting and today what i see is the number of vigilant eyes and ears is just multiplied there are so many people who have no 
affiliation with mental health per se, but they've just become aware, more educated, more informed. And they're constantly calling out media saying, hey, this is not done. This is crass. Take this down. So in a sense, what used to be a very small, very centralized uh, sort of uh, phenomenon a couple of years ago of a few people calling out the media has now become democratized and a lot many more people are joining the stream. And we see the results of this because, uh, you know, uh, many, many more media outlets this time around have done sensitive reporting than was the case a year and a half or two years ago. So this is something that is very... We are getting better, if not good, at least better. We are getting better. Yes, yes. Now, is it, since you have, you know, your reporting is actually categorized as sanitary reporting and you have reported on um, suicide, is it necessary a person who uh, actually takes his or her own life is depressed? No, no, no. This is a, this is a, a horrible myth. Suicide is a very, very intersectoral, intersectional issue. And, um, you know, it sits flush at the meeting point of politics, identity, economics, you know, jobs, all of that. And by sort of uh, all the time equating suicide with mental illness, whether depression or something else, essentially society's way of, you know, washing their hands off all of these bigger structural problems and saying that, oh, this person was predisposed to dying because there was some chemical problem in his brain or her brain. And, uh, you know, this is, it's, it's just, uh, it's, um, it, it's basically a scam to say that suicide is always the result of mental illness. I just had another question for Tanmoy uh, and then the rest of the panel can weigh in. I mean, I, I don't know if this will be offensive, but I, I mean this in, in a generally curious way. Since you are suffering from depression, does covering depression like add to your, I mean, what I'm saying is, would you not rather be reporting on politics or something that doesn't make you focus on something that is already um, like gets your mood down? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, you know, people yeah. who 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 yeah. are yeah. Who reporting on violence, for example, yeah. they, it tends to impact them. So, when you when you're reporting on depression, I guess when you're doing academic papers and all, that's fine. But when you're reporting on real life cases, would you rather someone else do it, or you think you're the best person to do that? Yeah, um, no, this is not offensive at all. It's a very valid question. And I think, you know, um, for me personally, writing about depression has been extremely therapeutic. And of course, I'm speaking from a place of enormous privilege because I have access to care, I have access to resources. But yeah, I always tell people that writing about depression and suicide is nobody's idea of becoming famous or having a career. Like, you know, two years ago, I couldn't imagine that this, this is what I do. But um, I think, uh, you know, after 15 years in business journalism, all I can tell you from uh, hindsight is that, A, I don't know if this makes me specially qualified for my job, uh, more than any other health reporter who is interested in learning about this. But there is a, there is a move in the uh, sort of global mental health ecosystem towards the primacy of lived experiences. So even if you talk to a psychiatrist or a psychologist today, uh, if they are evolved and if they're, if they're connected to the developments in this space, they will tell you that, you know, training and qualification is, you know, fine, but lived experience is precious. It's invaluable. So I suppose it has helped me make connections uh, more easily uh, with people who are experiencing the same sort of uh, uh, situation in their lives. Having said that, no two depressions are the same, you know. So I don't think my depression gives me a sort of vantage point to analyze somebody else's. Uh, every, every story is different. But I don't feel that, uh, you know, the, that this worsens my mood or darkens my mood. In, any way. in fact, this is also related to the suicide issue because a lot of people have this 
um, a myth in their heads that if you talk to a person who's going through sort of a, a phase of self-hurting about suicide, then you are pushing them towards it. But that's just a myth. Talking about suicide with a person who you suspect is going through something very uh, complicated in their lives does not does not push them towards suicide. It actually uh, encourages them to talk and seek seek help. So yeah, so that I don't know if that answers you. So, um, Mehraj, anything particularly? I mean, of course, we saw how horrible some of the reporting was. But did you see any sensible reporting or commentary around this uh, in media on this on this death? Not really. Not at all. Not at all. In fact, uh, I mean, now much... a new debate is starting, just like Me Too. So others are, you know, taking him as an alibi and telling how the Bollywood is really mean to them. Ah, uh, mean to them, killing. So, so that's a. It's just taken a different course. I, I mean, yeah, that is, I think, a bit problematic. I mean, th- th- I think the two things are separate, and I think this mm-hmm. case we've discussed in the hafta a couple of years ago, where these two guys in an American university had put a hidden camera in one of the roommates who was in the closet and he was gay and they recorded it and then they made fun of him and they kind of showed it to some other people and that guy jumped off the bridge i think it is in new york or maybe it is the golden gate bridge i don't remember and those guys then were tried and then of course they were let go what they did was horrible but i i mean they were i think for abetting suicide or provoking someone to take his life i mean that was similarly like I I think Karan Johar is a idiot I mean he's a 45 year old 10 year old brat but to say that he is the cause of someone killing himself I think no, maybe a bit of a stretch it's also exaggerated I mean hmm. he didn't leave a note but I do think I mean there it does should lead to an important discussion in Bollywood on the clique and this is what I was thinking I quite liked his movies. I watched Kai Pochi. They were amazing. In fact, Son Chidiya, his one yeah. of his. Son Chidiya, I haven't seen, but I, I really liked he him as an actor. I think he was very good. And apparently, he was supposed to be getting Ram Leela, but he didn't because he was stuck with YRF and that very monopolistic contract where they have they mm. basically own you for the time that you know they have that contract. And he missed out on that movie because of which Ranveer Singh. I mean, all those things could have kind of played. But I was just thinking that it's amazing that I have never seen a coffee with Karan with Sushant. You know, it's what like. Eight, ten seasons now, hmm. and he's called Janvi. He's called Arjun. All these uh, Siddharth or Varun Dhawan. All these actors who are actually not. I mean, he was better than all of them. Hmm. I think among his peers, I wouldn't like Rajkumar Rao and all. I think are a different league, but the A-lister actors. Yeah, and he, I was, think he was definitely he had, better he than had all super of them. Hits to his credit, Dhoni was a very good film, and it's amazing. Now I look back and I say, okay, I don't know much about him. Like now, everyone's like, oh, this Bihar boy came from Patna. What a brilliant scientific mind, cleared engineering. We didn't know any of this before that, and which tells you how the media operates and how the whole clique operates. Yeah, that you're pulled, you you know, you're given all these opportunities if you are someone, and if you are indeed a boy from Patna, you know, I, there's I think really not, reports not much on this fuss won't be done. This whole thing about cliques and all this, these reports will never be done because typically the, I mean, and I want to do this at a media rumble that is sports reporting and entertainment reporting in India just about getting access to interviews. There's no reporting that happens because. This is a very interesting story. You know, you can have the data. Actually, you can look at how many pieces went up about this person in film fairs and stardusts yeah. and typical Bollywood reporting. You know, you can scrutinize this, and same thing with cricket. Yeah. I mean, even the BCCI Me Too allegation, no mainstream mm. took it up because they need IPL rights. They need you know that all that commentary. So, in my view, entertainment reporting and sports reporting is just about chartering 
stars to give you an interview there is no reporting that happens no and reporting. it's not just about access it's I mean, and it comes right. with a lot of benefits and if you do, you get to go to junkets you go to get to go to parties you, Premiers, you huh? get like free tickets to matches and stuff and all and that if it's you really, really report you're right you will be blacklisted and I then really, if you can't get access to those guys then what good yeah. are you as a reporter right? yeah, <laughs> i really hope someone does report on this though because it it is really stark like now that this has happened i look back and i think wow it's true that he actually really never was pushed in the way that an alia bhat or even a you know one of those dharma kids are sure of course they but i mean out of the reporting that i saw i mean i saw many pieces i think anand wrote anand a lovely wrote piece anand your piece was very nice on this by the way so but i did see one of course the the two extremes on times now there was suhail seth uh, uh, vivek agnihotri and a third jackass from hell i, I mean they were sajid that sajid khan yeah that farah khan's brother they were talking about sushant and on the other hand you had mental health experts on ndtv talking about now i was like none of you knew him so that you're just vivek agnihotri the seriousness of the you know debate is right there how are you speculating that this guy had mental health issues and you're doing a full one hour on that I, you know i just I, i was a bit surprised at both extremes and i would have liked to see a detailed profile on him by someone on the ground who could go rather than you know and then of course his chacha saying i want to cbi inquiry you know everything just went to a different level yeah the worst was i think the aaj tak and news nation reporters who went into his house and you could see his father was he was breaking down obviously and you could see these cameras just being there and murmuring you know like ab aap dekh sakte hain sushant raj kapoor ke pita ji ye kare and there was a lady who's literally like she's folding her hands and says that you know please please leave i mean even in grief uh, it's amazing i mean i was just uh, after shri devi you thought okay maybe that's the worst that they would uh, plum to but yeah i saw a couple of interviews after you know his death i had seen his movies and i really appreciated his movie i appreciated him as, as an actor but after seeing his interviews i mean he was a very intelligent boy he knew more about physics than uh, you know anybody else i mean he used to talk about i just wanted to ask tanmay and then maybe anand can step in that during this so there was a lot of heated arguments on twitter on uh, death by suicide and committing suicide and i get that the i don't know if you read the daily op piece by kamlesh who said that this was just the woke police going after you know i mean his basic point was that there was just people were just being shutting people were just being shut down from expressing their grief when they may not know the semantics you know an ordinary person like my mother for example does not know why committing suicide is you know the wrong word to use and i think uh, the reason is that it has an association with crime right you commit a crime but i was i mean i was wondering that when you say death by suicide now this is the same this is the same sort of thing i've also thought about survivor versus victim when you talk about women and i think it's a bit much to call every you know to just use the word survivor for everyone because some some women i mean they're not they're really actually victims of really horrible crimes against them so i don't i don't really go by this whole uh, sort of a rule that every you know woman who suffered violence or every rape uh, you know woman who's a rape victim should be called a survivor but similarly when you say death by suicide do you think it blunts a little bit of what the gravity of the issue is it is someone taking their lives or it is someone killing themselves uh, i i see where you're coming from the the principle from which i think some of us operate those of us who've been saying you know we shouldn't use committed suicide and say death by suicide instead is that you know unlike almost any other form of death it feels to us that sort of appropriating somebody's death and then applying our own filter on it to establish its importance or you know its severity uh, just feels a bit uncomfortable it's it's 
there is no right i mean you know one wishes that one never had to report on suicides but since mm-hmm. this is not you know an ideal world it is very there is a lot of research incidentally that shows that the associations of criminality with suicide extremely triggering so mm-hmm. this is based on evidence as well not just you know subjective or literary sort of interpretation so yeah that's where we stand right now and death by and death of i mean i have often wondered whether when you said death by suicide or you know uh, died of suicide are you kind of blurring the boundaries between suicide and illness you know because if you're saying mm-hmm. that suicide is not necessarily the result of illness then sort of it's sort of like diet of tuberculosis or diet of pneumonia mm-hmm. similarly diet of suicide so there is no um, you know um, there, there are no easy answers but what there is broad agreement on right now based on research and evidence is that we should stay away from anything that gives a suicide the sort of tinge of criminality and yeah so that's that's where we are at so thanks so much for that yeah tanmoy i'm glad you made the time this was wonderful to have spoken to you about this and i look forward to reading some of your reportage and learning more many new things i learned actually in this conversation Thank but you. before you go can you give us a recommendation that would enrich the lives of our listeners Yeah, absolutely. I think Splainer Media that was started by Lakshmi Chaudhary, they did a newsletter on 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 the suicide and I was I was thoroughly impressed by just the tone and the uh, language that they used but also the fact that they chose to focus on the guy's life rather than his death and it it was more a celebration of his work rather than sort of obsessing over every little detail of his death. So Splainer Media's report is something that I think every student of digital journalism and generally everybody who's interested in issues of ethics uh, around suicide and mental health should read. Thanks. Uh, Thank you. Have a good day, man. Thank you. Thanks have a lot. Have a great day. Thank you so much. So Anand, uh, you wrote a really good piece on on Sushant Singh Rajput. He, you said, is from uh, not Patna, but Purnia, right? Yes, yes. So how was a the local coverage on his death in the you know Hindi papers and the other language papers or media there and does he have that kind of a status you said that after Shatrughan Sinha there hasn't been any you know full son of Bihar who has made it big in Bollywood other than Manoj Bajpayee I guess is is Manoj Bajpayee from Bihar yes yes, yes. he is from so is Pankaj Tripathi oh. and and Sanjay Mishra right 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 What so good actors yeah sanjay mishra is a very good actor but he's been around for a long time he never quite made it to the star level but uh, yeah so what did you i mean while reading that piece or researching it just t- t- give us a little bit of perspective on this guy and also how did the local media cover it see uh, my uh, assessment is that the, the craze for film stars with the onslaught of internet and sort of attention spans and so many reality shows and lot of platforms for stardom and basically warhol's 15 minutes of fame the craze for film stars now even sushant singh with that kind of stature would not come under sudhran sinha stature in 70s 80s because that was the only visual entertainment medium then so uh, i would not equate him with the kind of popularity that mr sinha had but yes uh, for the young of uh, the youth of bihar he was seen as a 
a star who, who had that glamorous dash i mean uh, yeah. mr vajpayee or uh, mr tripathi they are good actors they are known for their acting prowess but didn't, didn't have that glamorous presence or dash to make it to the leading man of uh, uh, and mainstream bollywood movie that way he had it local media coverage was um, mainly about the, uh, the his local connect talking to his relatives talking to his uh, people in his village right th- th- these were the means uh, slices of his life in patna photographs from his school days and this all that but three things that struck me and after that maybe raman sir and you know mehraj ji could come in were that a someone was introduced as his chacha wanted a cbi probe because he said this is not suicide now a was was that his chacha or this some dude trying to get mileage the second is the home minister of of maharashtra saying that the rivalry angle will be probed he tweeting it out i was like you know and of course kangana ranawat's self indulgent this thing uh, i mean for that matter even as i said an awful and awesome uh, much as i love what's his name um, sharukh khan you know it's all about them like his tweet was he loved me so much i was like dude it's not about you you're yeah. alive he's the one who's dead yeah. so you know i, I think th- there was a lot of uh, this kind of stuff but was that his chacha do you know is anyway to know anand yes uh, not only chacha there uh, one of his uh, uncles is also a bjp mla and uh, oh. mm, from punya uncle i'm not sure a cousin uncle or his own uncle but he is as a brother in law of his is an adg in up i think is an ipo officer and not only this the pappu yadav who is uh, who takes up these kind of issues uh, which he thinks is a part of public issues he has also uh, demanded a probe and uh, he is supposedly right. sitting on a dharna for that but i see so and um, in muzaffarpur court uh, there there has been cases filed against mr johar mr are you serious Khan. yes yes but, but muzaffarpur muzaffarpur court is uh, notorious for pils they filed cases against uh, donald trump also so uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so not pils pli i mean cases and pils cases correct cases not pils sure that is the standard response to any kind of tragic death in bihar cbi pro cbi is the the first thing they want to call for any probe yes one thing i wanted to add to that discussion that the question is not about the classic nepotism means it's not i am not even relating susan's i think this society is a very personal decision anyone accused of of uh, provoking it or somehow being a facilitator that that is a, a means i think ravi's theory suicide is a very personal decision uh, it uh, may be just swayed by one factor or combination of factors but uh, i don't see it in our larger uh, conspiracy theories but uh, or some kind of abatement to it or something but uh, taking susant out of this frame the nepotism debate in india i think has not been properly framed it's nepotism is not only uh, i think the uh, suffering suffering from uh, of being an outsider is not only of nepotism nepot the outsiders can very well be the 
beneficiaries of the patronage system if they are camp followers. The question is of being uh, their question of being camp following, and also the various industries in India, entertainment, media, to a great extent, even book publishing, literature, are if it's literature, entertainment, media in India. Uh, one is the camp following. Even if you are mediocre, if you are part of a camp, you would be promoted and a lot of good things would be said about you. And you would get opportunities that people who don't align to your line of thought or, or don't do a certain kind of psychophancy get. No, they would not. And second is that it punishes people with poor social life. People who are introverts are punished in Indian media, in Indian entertainment industry. People who don't uh, are in touch with people. They may be talented, but don't have a good social life. So basically success in a lot of fields in India has become a reward that friends give you. That friends give you, whether it's an award or an opportunity, a job opportunity, an assignment. Although... I will say that this is not unique to either India or to the entertainment industry or the reporting industry. Like the whole now, concept now we are of talking in context of India, I have not traveled to any other country. So hmm. um, maybe it's an universal phenomenon, but what I have observed in India, I am saying. Yeah, but like, for example, lobbying. What is lobbying? One of the biggest industries in various parts of the world is social access to influence bloody policy. You're talking about one person's role. Social access influences policy. And that is what lobbying is. Even many of these people in India, the lobbying isn't legal, but they have all sorts of, you know, positions that, you know, at a VP level, all these companies have liaison officer or they have VP for public communication or something or the other. These people are there to lobby. That's what they're for. And social access is one of the most important, you know, points for success in any industry. In fact, there's data which has done, you know, exactly this at the Ivy Leagues. They've seen over generations who are the people who keep getting in. It's the same social set. But India, I mean, I completely agree with Anand. What happens is when you talk of reputations, like this person has a reputation for this thing, nine out of 10 times, it's not reputation so much as visibility. So this person is visible. And how do they get that visibility? Through networks of caste, class, and like he said, camp followers. They get that visibility Today, it's usually on social media or on TV and everywhere. And then they suddenly have this reputation. Then they suddenly get to write op-eds. They suddenly appear on TV and then they have this reputation. Like Anand said, if you really look at their work, really see what they're talking about, it's mediocre. Absolutely. I mean, I think we've said that before. Sagrika's show on CNN, I mean, none of the employees of IBN at the time would come out and say it, but they used to say it to me in, in private that it is one, it's a terrible show. She was a terrible anchor. But because she was Rajdeep's wife, she got it. I think some people have tweeted about when of when they were interviewed. They were saying, "Do you, are your parents from media?" So I mean, mm. th- there's uh, there's no doubt about that. But that's true for law. I mean, yeah, everyone from from Singhvi to you know all your bade bade judge or lawyers who bane. It's a clique. Yeah. So you know, I think that is no, tribalism. Uh, uh, tribalism uh, is a part of... Uh, same thing is true for the services. services. No, oh, I, uh, I, I said not only media. I said even in literature, publishing, yeah. entertainment, a lot of industries this is uh, there. And uh, uh, you, you see third-rate books being 
talked up as as they are the next as they were in the next classics and third rate books just because as someone close to you or someone you admire for some unreasonable reasons uh, and uh, uh, he has written it or something like that so uh, also i think the point that mehraz was making that may be relevant to an extent but it's also about personality the people from different backgrounds and they if they have a certain kind of personality they are not who gel well with people don't go to parties don't sit and dine together or or not or, or basically in short they are introvert types they are at serious disadvantages and uh, no doubt if, if with a poor social life they are at yeah. serious disadvantages that has nothing to do with talent and second 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 is that even people if they are from the supposedly disadvantaged sections and if they have a certain kind of personality they can make their way is yes स्पीसीज communication is a primary instinct i have said this before i have spoken to uh, what's his name that jnu stars kanaiya i think kanaiya's understanding of economics for the fairs is infantile but he's a phenomenal communicator and that is why he is a star i think a prime minister's communication is phenomenal and his understanding of anything is shit but he's the prime minister of this country what i'm saying is that if one is going to say that this is a problem then the human species is a problem if you can't communicate effectively your first instinct towards our species is compromised is it a disadvantage yes is it anyone's fault no but there are certain professions where i i mean i think in media and entertainment it's a little more amplified you know how what sort of a personality you have because a doctor will still have to like he'll still have to be good at his job a lawyer will still have to win cases of course through access and through your parents you can get a certain place but like in the media you can just be a total rubbish actor but still keep getting movies yeah, you know no doubt that that sort of and even in I journalism mean, you, you, you can, can just be a, be a phenomenal underperformer yeah <laughs> you can be a phenomenal underperformer even in journalism like you can keep writing the same trash again and again but be celebrated as this amazing you know insightful op-ed writer so i do think there's something about the media and the the the, the media industry you know on the whole the, whether it's music or it's you know films or it's journalism where mediocrity can sort of thrive purely Be- by connections because there's no there's no metric to measure your how good you are yeah. no, but then in in, well, in law it is how also, many no? cases have you won how many have lost in medicine it is how many people died on your you know uh, in your clinic how many didn't whereas in media there is no metric kaam bahut acha kiya tha lekin kya hai na उस शाहरुख की फिल्म रिलीज हो गई इसलिए बेचारा अभिषेक बच्चन रह गया वैसे सागर का एंकर तो बड़ी अच्छा करती है लेकिन क्या करें लोग गधे He has captured it very well, Anand. Hmm. The social uh, 
यू नो स्टेटस और वट एवर नेटवर्किंग दिस इज वन एंड एंड आई थिंक आई एम ऑल्सो वेरी क्यूरियस आई मीन I'm not asking CBI, but I think it needs to be investigated. It needs to be. I mean, I but I would no like to see. Sh- I would like to see that in the past one month, the calls that he has made, what kind of so one can right. build up the investigation properly. I mean, you don't need to find anybody sure. guilty. But no one needs to be guilty. But what is the reason? But, but what is the sure. reason so that we should be able to stop? I mean, yeah, at least they should start an open conversation uh-huh. on cliqueiness and yes. networks. In fact, is I there? Mean, a, what does it really do to you? Is there a way one can investigate this purely for the sake of preventing further, but not to find a culprit? There we is, can. I am. No, police you, is the does the police do this or will some other agency have to do? It has to be a journalistic work. I think it can't be a Aren't police, police supposed to. No, if like a police doesn't, police is looking every, for. Yeah, Every death, every unnatural death, they are supposed to investigate. They will, but I mean, in but this police case, police, they'll be looking for a criminal or for a, someone's yeah. fault. I mean, I think what Raman sir is saying is that yeah, if you can understand psychologically psychological what was the problem, person. that so you can prevent it. But you were saying something before yes, we. No, move. I was just curious, Anand. I was just wondering. You said uh, they filed cases against Donald Trump also. So I'm just curious, what exactly do they have a beef with? Yes, it's, I think it, it it is one of the. Uh, I think you would have been knowing it because it's a for uh, for the frivolous cases filed in Mujhapurpur court. I think many newspapers have reported they repeatedly uh, filed case against Virat Kohli, Shah Rukh Khan, and someone, someone. मतलब कुछ भी. And their lawyers uh, rush there to absolve them of personal appearance. I think it's well documented in newspapers. You will find a lot of references. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. They file I... against Donald Trump and 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 say say if uh, cases like his action in Korea. So <laughs> his action in Korea, his Korea talks. And so much fun! I'd love to be such a lawyer. Ex- <laughs> uh, curious thing is Let's one of the experts committees that. Uh, let me make a little point. Uh-huh. One of the expert committees which. studied panchayat this is about court it's a different thing because there's a lot of confusion in what i say in panchayats in india lot of resolutions are not about rural issues but international issues is israel palestine and something like that so very remote distant issues so uh, uh, that also uh, with lot of uh, with very low literacy rate even robin jeffrey other social scientists even 70s book found that bihar is a state with a very high heightened degree of political consciousness if you may say so and they get into matters politicize it and lot of thing they are hurt by every lot of these virat kohli salman khan cases are about in the hurting hurt sentiments hurt sentiments yes So um I just like to talk in the end a little bit about covid but I have a couple of emails that I'd like to read out first this one is from Sriram Ayer Sriram says I've been a long standing subscriber to NL since episode 50 if I remember correctly pretty much listen only to hafta and don't find time for any other good stuff that you guys publish hafta is a fuel of my sunday morning workout I'm going to keep this short and just plug what I think may be relevant for a larger audience this is in connection with the last hafta where Anu spoke about how celebs in india side with BLM kind of protests that's black lives matter but don't utter a word when it comes to stuff that happens in our country i'm attaching a thread that my daughter devanshi ayer's twitter handle aluminium maiden put out a few days back on the topic of actors promoting fairness creams on the one hand and voicing their support for black lives matter on the other met with mixed response but mostly positive and was thrilled 
uh, you've given the link of that. As I said, being the father, I'm an interested party. <laughs> we'll leave it to your professional judgment whether you guys want to use this. But uh, she's a philosophy major uh, from, who graduated from Ashoka University. So, well, you should be very proud. Ashoka University has some very bright students. In fact, I went and did a lecture there and some of the brightest students that I met and the brightest questions I got were from there. So, in fact, in, on her thread, uh, Kangana Ranawat is also there who goes about calling out everybody else for promoting fairness no, but products. but Kangana Ranawat said no, that she will never. So, you see her thread? Aluminium Maiden's thread has proved that wrong. Really? Yes. Whoa. So, uh, thank you, Sriram. Uh, you should be very proud of your daughter. And uh, we have one more mail. Actually, we have lots more mails. I won't read all of them out in total because it will just take too long. This is from Shogoth Majumdar. Uh, Mehraj mentioned last half that subscribers should write in on topics whether we should cover Dr. Trehan's FIR. Thought I'd write in. Let me start appreciate. Let me start by appreciating the team for taking up this on Hafta and solicit response from subscribers. That takes a lot of courage. My take is it may be wrong from a journalistic point of view, but the, his view is that you can report on the facts and consciously not include any opinion. You guys are the best judge. Actually, Shaugat, the thing about that is the facts that you report also are subjective. Like I can right now actually put out a very long piece on the antecedents of this guy who lodged the FIR. But if I do that, I'll be accused of batting for Doc. So that's why we don't do that. So which facts you choose to put out also. So I don't think there's any, you know, way that we can come out long. So I think what Manisha and Mehraj had suggested of recusing is the best for us. Secondly, what he said, coming to what Rabban called an example in India today, I noticed that Mr. Puri hardly gets any criticism for running pure propaganda through his channel and much of the other channels get, like the Jains or Subhash Chandar of Z. And rightly so. The anchors of India Today and Aajtak are called out very frequently, but Dr. Uh, Mr. Puri is not. Dr. Trehan's case may not be important as news, but India Today garbage is. I so, think maybe also and, because... And sorry, one last point. Saugat says that he doesn't think there's any point putting right-wing views for the sake of being perceived as neutral. Uh, if they don't add any value... I don't think they are missed. Uh, I completely agree. I've been saying this for the <laughs> so, longest time. So, yes, you were saying, Manisha. No, I think maybe because also Kalipuri is now, for all practical purposes, the head of the director, editorial directorial head of India Today, right? Sure. But I think also, uh, honestly, when uh, Madhu used to do Clothesline, we have called out Arun Puri quite often and she's taken digs at him in that show. And in fact, I remember we did this one song, Behnane Bhai Ki Kalai Pe Pyar Bandha Hai and then we went on into you know, really making fun of his channel. And Madhu was anchoring that. I don't remember which episode it was that. If you go back, you can check it out. But I will say that other than I have tagged Jen from my uh, personal timeline. I don't think I've I've tagged him. But in our articles, we go at Navika and... But I, I don't recall us going at Vinit Jen. So it's not a conscious thing, Shogat. I've, yeah. I've tagged Vinit Jen from my personal timeline because I have a personal badass with him. But in our pieces... We are still most of the time only going at them. I can't recall of many pieces that went at Vinny Jain. Yeah. Same thing for NDTV. I don't remember often going at Pranoy. In fact, we wrote a piece where we criticized NDTV for having the 25-year anniversary party at the Rashtrapati Bhavan because it was a friendly government. And again, we called out the channel, but not Pranoy. So I don't think it's unique to Arun Puri is all I'm saying. I have never tagged Vinny Jain ever. When talking about times now, but Mostly when we are critiquing, have, uh, do critique... we go at the owners? I mean, not do, do really. I mean, it's a good question to ask because, because it's true that they are the guys who are actually running no, the show. No, owners. But... I mean, if we have but, a story, um, of course we'll go against. Like, but I think we've done something. Just for news critique, 
we ah. for news critique we generally don't look at guys yes, on the yes. management side but of things but when we did that cobra posting we did talk about yeah. kali yeah. and yes. she is the oh no yeah because our critique usually is about shows so you talk about content and anchor yeah. obviously comes right. in but sure if so, you yeah. want to talk about a broader thing it's, we should yeah. actually we should start uh, looking at the owners, owners because i mean yeah. they can't get away with one thing i want to add about right is right right wing uh, voice uh, right wing voice i mean we have ignored them <laughs> for a very very long time i think if there is a sane right uh, wing voice so i think we should uh, um, give that opinion that right. that's what i feel on this uh, kangna or not thing what i really love about her is that i love that there's someone at least who's just calling out people you know bedhadak i really found it funny when she says like aap log humko likhte ho ki hum psycho hain hum sharab peete hain hum drugs karte hain kyu hamare bare mein aise bolte ho sanjay dat ka addiction to bada cute lagta hai aapko she says some very but i mean so good now here's another thing because it's true If we were to do a detailed profile on Kangana, even if it's purely, I mean, I have a view on why she is the way she is, and I don't know if any of you used to listen to Awful and Awesome at the time when she used to be celebrated by feminists. I always thought she was completely a nut. She was, and I mean, we can do a detailed profile, but basically, the way she's come up in Bollywood has been at a huge personal cost from a very young age. Whether it is, you know, having. her associations politicians stars like aditya pancholi that was much in the news but the politicians aren't much in the news from where she was to where she got it has come as a huge now i'm not saying one has to shame her or but even if one was to follow that journey it could explain why she's so angry it's like why jailalitha was so angry jailalitha was treated very badly when she was a yeah. young 16 year old star by none other than her mentor so when she became powerful she said i'll show you fuckers yeah. and everyone had to prostrate themselves right she was redeeming what she thought she had lost i'm being a psychoanalyst here from but if one was to really recreate kangana but if you were to do that it would be used either to shame her or to be used to say that dekho ye pagal hai so there is no way to actually critically and right in one way that her anger i totally understand her anger because i've seen how sanjeev and all used to behave with her at interviews she was really treated badly yeah and I totally understand now why she's become such a Modi bhakt because that's the only other power center, and if she aligns to that, she'll have like people like Karan Johar and all also. Nah, you know, they have to fucking the... bow to Modi. They can't. When <laughs> yeah. it comes to nationalism stuff, they can't take her. Yeah, on. So even I, I, I felt the totally same. I totally understand her going to the right and you know supporting the BJP or being a Modi you know supporter because that's the only other power center that even these guys can't. Okay, and the Dhiraj writes in his email. Hi all I was a bit disappointed with the way you put down Shekhar Gupta's the print if Ayer writes for them so be it quote if you think that's your platform with bigots is your platform of choice unquote I would ask you to refrain from saying such things comment on your own platform not others because you do not know how they completely work making presumptions like these organizations will be back to advertising is again being presumptuous you can call them out when it happens not make presumptions like you did with Barkha if they don't will you come out and say you were wrong Anand Ranganathan was bigoted even when he was with NL. I remember writing in a letter twice saying I am a Mangalorean and a Kannadiga because every time he heard something intelligent he would say oh this guy gal is Tamilian for sure. Wasn't that racist or regionalist? If you give him a platform at that time he has raised a couple of notches. I'm quite sure people in Republic of Times have heard and read him on NL before asking him to come on their shit show. Okay a uh, couple of things Dheeraj I a we comment on others yeah that's what we do much of our commentary is about that it's critique so I think that it is in a, much lighter vein I mean not a I <laughs> I think when Anand used to say anything here a he never said anything quite as ridiculous as he says now on channels but when he did I often argued with him we disagreed almost all the time and I do believe I called him out very often for what he said but I don't believe he ever said things like 
he says now i think if he had anyway i don't want to get into the circumstances of our parting if you go that far you won't survive here let me just put it that uh, so that's that i don't want to get into anything more than that and the second thing is on the print i do believe that they do a lot of clickbaity stuff that is not reportage or academic or intelligent but it's clickbait now all platforms do it i'm sure awful and awesome is not high reportage in our case i mean it's just a fun show that many people do and you know but i do think it goes sometimes too far just in the excuse of the big what first post used to do basically so yeah that's my view on it if you disagree that's fine but i don't think i will refrain from doing that respectfully i will continue to do that and uh, second thing he says is that pehle it was less than 700 words my request for mails then it became 500 and 300 now it's 100 This is an attack on the freedom of expression of subscribers. Yar, Dheeraj, kya karu? We are getting. We used to get five, six, seven mails. Now they get into ten, twenty mails. So, and I like to include as many as possible. Yeah, that's the only problem. Ha. Huh. Anyone has any view on Dheeraj's observations? I think one aspect of uh, digital, the new digital portals hmm. that have come up in India, especially and which has gone like sort of ignored is. because most of the people who work and most of the people who run them come from newspapers so they tend to run it like that like newspapers and the problem with digital is if your model is ads so you need to put out as much content as you can because that's how you get ads and in that race i mean in a day you can only have so much good journalism rest is content i mean i mean it in a very disparaging way no, so I... it's just there for this content sake to get you ads No, that I is think the freedom that gives you if you are a like say a reader paid. No print, as I understand print, and as I understand uh, Shekhar Gupta's mind, because I've worked with him for twelve years. Uh, Shekhar, I think, would just wants his platform to be uh, you know digital times of India. Yeah, that's scale. Ah, uh, that's the scale. I mean, lots of report. Like I know uh, reporters over there, they have been told to file three stories a day. So first post model. So ah, that's sure. so, so 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 that so is. So there are different models. Uh, different I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it, that's what my view is on the model that you follow. And if advertising is your model, then you will go for traffic. Now, I mean that's it's a no-brainer. And traffic is you know. And he's not getting much money from. Uh, yeah, that's because right. He's so, getting it from the off the cuff. हाँ, लेकिन अब तो वैसे advertising की वाट लगी हुई है ना. But I do think, and this I can tell you, I was on a couple of seminars last week, Dheeraj, with. owners of some of the largest news brands in the country they are very clear that theek hai subscription wagera try kar rahe hain lekin jab market theek hoga wo advertising is their mainstay they have no illusions around that that there's this very long mail from amrita amrita we're going to publish this as an article because i think it's very important what you're saying i can't read 816 words but i will read a few lines of this uh, she says that uh, she's been wanting to write for a long time uh, her point is having on on diversity you know having diversity of views having two upper caste hindu men one spewing right wing ideas and another spewing left wing doesn't diversify make diversity both these men exist in the same bubble they would have led very similar lives been educated in very similar institutions exist within similar networks these two men going at each other is not diversity of perspectives but an ekta kapoor drama real diversity of perspectives comes from having and actively striving for gender caste and religious representation you are absolutely right and that is what i would like to Save not as articulately as you have been saying for a while. That whole idea of having a diverse newsroom. Then she goes on to say that's why I appreciate News Line is aimed to reach caste representation. And Maharaj's crusade against casteism and Brahminism. Uh, the British ruled India for three hundred years, and we still keep crying about all the shit that went wrong and the problems that we have inherited. 
the history of US slavery is 400 years old and we are currently witnessing the ramifications of that we the upper caste people of india have subjected dalits to arguably so much worse for an easy 3000 years then you go on to talk about covid-19 returning to work traveling the economy vaccine trials while dalits are still manual scavenging the rest of the email is some unsolicited business development ideas and you've gone on to tell us about the pricing of our our model but i will include that also so we shall carry this thank you for this piece amrita roy your letter will go up as a piece on the on the website and suma varsha says about telangana she is very angry with this ksr he gets away with his statements because he's the first cm of the relatively new state which is previously part of andhra yeah he's nuts i've seen the sort of stuff that he says to journalists it's really crazy her suggestion is please try do an interview of professor kodandaram according to me he is the only sane voice in the state he could have been a great opposition voice had he not joined the alliance of telugu dedham party tds okay no, maybe no. possibly there some is tds okay. or maybe it's a typo okay so maybe or maybe it's a new party you can never keep ah, track never these know. days so um okay um you know we had actually done one we had done that story about vijayawada uh, we, we did, done, we did we that did, no we did the story of telangana on the bus strike uh-huh. right in fact uh, suma when we did that story on the bus strike our reporter told us how nuts this man is Uh, but yeah he did a detailed story on how he's persecuting the press there yeah the press so we will we are looking for a person we'll get a story done so vijay krishan says uh, you suggest i ought not to pull my punches next time this is vijay after the gorov's letter and oh, okay. so uh, i this is slightly longish letter So he hasn't pulled his punches. Hasn't pulled his punches. You did suggest that I ought not to pull. In response to what you said, I reread Gorov's letter and I invite you to do the same. He makes the following points: one, your reportage is more ideological, less extensive than those of print and lull and top. Two, their reportage has greater depth and width. Nothing about resources except by implication. It's not that I don't get what Abhinandan was saying, but I wouldn't presume that your scribe subscribers know this. Speaking for myself, I don't expect you to cover everything, but I do think that there are stories. in your wheelhouse which you sometimes miss the chance to tell well which brings me back to the central vista thing please don't tell me why i didn't like the story hearing you tell me confidently that it was because it lacked human interest or because the reporter is young misses the point i lay the blame squarely on your desk for the way you handle the story let me say, lay it out for you so there's less ambiguity first and foremost please go and look at the tables one is a timeline timeline masquerading as a table dates decisions and the problems they raise your desk to took a decision to dump this on us within this table there are mistakes in grammar and syntax but let's leave that be was html too much to ask for second the entire story lacks any passion neither the passion of polemic which sometimes like the wire thrives on nor the passion of loving the space itself this in relation to tr vivek's love for the kaveri is the only part of your response i agree with i disagree that the story could not but be dry and impersonal you yourself have told the story well here thirdly your story lacks focus i don't think any of the active outrage is unexpected so i i can't see why that deserved as much space as it got show me an issue and i will show you an activist on each side instead if the idea was only to talk about the fast tracking tell me why this is a bad thing substantively if you're talking about the choices made alpana's article contains the exact template at the end talk to 10 other urban planners and bureaucrats and get them to tell you what it would mean to shift the ministry of agriculture to bhopal the ministry of tourism to kumarokom the ministry of urban affairs to amravati what the infrastructure would be like whether it would work etc now might be an excellent time given that everyone's been teleconference for a few months the story doesn't give me an idea of the problem that they're trying to solve i keep hearing the stories about how we don't have space to accommodate more mps that's one reason why we stuck at 545 
So uh, then you go on to say a larger parliament is essential as a population grows. That's a question. Uh, is it time to do it? Because we hope that population is going to stabilize. At the end of the day, wouldn't it be a good thing to have buildings that aren't going to catch fire and destroy documents? To me, the Kidwai Nagar redevelopment is a beautiful thing. I know that area better than I know Central Vista, and I take it as a model for how AIMS could house its staff without having them live in chawls of Gautam Nagar and Kotla Mubarakpur. That's destroying the house owners' mafia of those areas and decongesting those spaces. I can't insist that you answer my questions. After all, you're not telepaths. And honestly, every story that I've enjoyed from you has been from something unexpected. I just wish you had come up with your own and set about answering them methodically. What does he do? Mr. Krishna, I don't know what. Uh, I, I, uh, you will make uh, a very good editor. Some, he's really like a, yeah, uh, he's really gone. Vijay Krishna, the, yeah. Some of the questions he's come up with actually are, 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 are quite really nice, yeah. good ones. We take quite Central criticism. Vista was not a story of uh, you know housing mafia. It was a story of wide open area. You know, which is available for the public. No, I think he's just a making time. a comparison. He's not saying it's the same thing, but like Kidwai Nagar redevelopment, it has some other benefits. Would they not be? I, th- I don't think he's saying it's the same thing. Yeah, Kidwai, so, the area, see, we can't now, we haven't, uh, you know, developed, uh, you know, vertically. So, so I think, uh, so that is why, I mean, the, this Kidwai, uh, Kidwai Nagar and Noroji Nagar, all these development uh, right. Things are coming up. In fact, I but think we, we, Delhi should develop a little vertically. Uh, uh, so, 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 and there was a huge uh, controversy over those also because they cut all, cut down a lot of trees. Trees. And this, I mean, the idea of having Some commercial of and residential places side by side. I mean, it was thought of as a great idea like two, three, four years ago. Now, people, uh, yeah, urban I, planners, are I saying this is a bad idea. I think there's on both sides. People yeah. think it's a good idea or a bad idea. But I think from a reportage point of view, I agree with you. Uh, you know, there are many questions that could have been asked, but. Yeah, I, I I I said I'm not completely satisfied with the story. I told you why different stories, you know, come up differently. I'm I'm not saying that you you know have to appreciate that, but yeah, we get the it. Feedback taken, feedback and taken. I think, yeah. and else, and now we need to just spend more time on yeah. those stories and really really look. We at have what a lot doing. of other emails, but we've really run short of time. So maybe I'll read them next time. There's Sri Ramayar's yes, mail. There's Vishal's mail. There's uh, this really time. short mail by Shreshth. No, by uh, Shehba. It's basically The Curse of God by Harris Sultan. No, sorry, Shehba said, I recently read the book The Curse of God by Harris Sultan in his words, an ex-Muslim Muslim atheist. I found it very interesting and has been very critical of Islam. I'm a born Muslim and find myself very dissatisfied with Islam and found the book soothing. While you guys look at many issues from the age of angle of caste system in almost every hafta, I haven't seen any article or comments on Islamic extremism. While Abhinandan actually said in the hafta or an interview that for those times, Muhammad limiting the number of women you could marry to four itself is revolutionary. I've said Did that. Did you say that? No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't, Shaiva. I don't think I've said that. <laughs> What's yeah. Who you, you know so much about Muhammad. I, I don't. I I have. I think that doesn't said, sound like I, you. I, yeah, it doesn't sound like <laughs> me. But maybe the context was something. I. But Shaiva, yes, uh, I've done please, a critique please send on, us on, this. on his. I want to watch this interview. Oh, this was. I remember this was uh, Anand Patwardhan. I haven't interviewed him. I, I interviewed him. Oh, but she so said he said he was talking about something, then he said about this. Oh, oh so you mistook Anand Patwardhan for Abhinandan. Well, okay. I, I'm not sure, but I'm, I presume Maybe. that I, is so, what yeah. it is. But yeah, thanks. So yeah, the rest of the emails I'll try to read uh, next next week. But guys... Yeah, um, we should have some equal opportunity offenders. I would like... Yeah, we, we, we should... I'm a little bored of us criticizing the same things. Okay, Gurkirat, <laughs> your email is also there. We shall include it next time. 
because this just went on too long. But so let's wind up. Uh, let's come up with our. Uh, we have no time to discuss COVID, but that's fine. We've discussed COVID for the last we have been two discussing. months. I think two last months. two three months. We've so been uh, recommendations, Anand, you go first. Yes, uh, two recommendations, two set of recommendations related to two different topics that was that were discussed today. First is. Uh, I think it's not a scientific or psychological analysis of suicide, but a philosophical take on it. And that is, it's not also a philosophical take on suicide, but the nature of existence itself. So Albert Camus' 1942 essay, it's a long essay, um, Myth of Sisyphus, and it begins with the question, that uh, given that the life is uh, inherently meaningless and absurd, why should not a man commit suicide? So it's, it is not examining why someone committed suicide, why, why someone conscious of the meaninglessness of life and that only human beings are, we suppose, that, that should not commit suicide. And the answer, answer to that has to be the central question of philosophy because that would define existence and the, the well springs of existence, the very repository of existence. Though it begins with a philosophical inquiry of why, man, uh, why most of us don't commit suicide, it's actually not a book on suicide. It's a book on absurdity, meaninglessness of life and how it has to coexist with the purposes that we invent for existence. So that first book, and though Camus, uh, Camus, de Camus denied it, the companion work of fiction, his most celebrated work of fiction in French, which in English is The Outsider. Now, the philosophical premises of it is believed to be in the myth of Sisyphus. Now, I would uh, want you to read both. Uh, both, uh, and, uh, both are, I think, uh, better ways of looking at deterrence to society. My second recommendation is a poem, and that was I, that is related to the second topic that was discussed today, and it is Ramdhari Sindhinkar's Parshuram ki Pratiksha. He wrote it in the aftermath of 1962 Indo-China War, and he said that how how um, the militarist consciousness can go well with the cultural consciousness in India, the cultural personality of India, because the world we live in has to, uh, if the hostilities have to be dealt with, how we, now it, it was a, in the aftermath of 1962, it was one of the very few literary critiques of uh, the Indian policy towards China, though uh, Dinkar was very close to Nehru in 1956. In fact, when Dinkar wrote Sanskriti Ke Charadhyay, uh, Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru wrote a foreword to the book. Uh, and uh, they were very close, but uh, he critiqued uh, uh, Nehru in a very poetic way in the poem. I would like to, uh, I would like people to read that. Yes. 
so i will uh, say i'm reading manmohan singh uh, you know biography written by his daughter and uh, i will recommend everyone to read it is i mean he comes from such a humble background is really very very striking and especially those who have read the accidental prime minister and which was conveniently made into a film they must read this biography written by his daughter daman singh i think uh so uh, two pieces one uh, we have this morning we published the first part of an nl sena project on chatisgarh's adivasi uh, prisoners it's by pratik goel who went there spent a lot of time there to get the stories of people who have been in jail some of them have been in jail for 3 years and they until early this year they hadn't even got one court hearing so please read that and we'll uh, publish the second part tomorrow alternate days we'll publish there are four parts to it so please read that and the other piece i found really fascinating uh, it's uh, published by the police project by sohini chatopadhyay and it's about muslim women uh, as as muslim women lead india's battle for democracy bollywood presents them as suicide bombers the hindu state must save eh? yes which movie is this so Have you they? read it i, I won't give away the Okay. I haven't thing. seen a movie like that. No, it's about a not just one movie. It's a oh, review it's like, of the yeah, the, how, the, how the, yeah, how they are presented and all um, that. So I'll recommend our uh, news laundry newsletter by Chitranshu. It's called Stop Press. Uh, those of you who haven't subscribed to it, please subscribe to it. And those of you who are interested in media and everything connected to media, it's a really fun newsletter that uh, puts you up to date with everything that's happening in the world of media. This one, this particular um, one that he wrote this week was on. Uh, NYT and the whole fracas over the Tom Cotton episode that we discussed. So check that out. Subscribe to the newsletter, and in that newsletter, there's a piece by Matt Taibbi, which I thought was uh, I can't imagine someone in India writing like that. He's basically tearing into the left and calling it out for a lot of its issues. He basically says that it's the left, American left, has gone mad in the U.S. And I think I don't agree with some of it. Some of it, I think, is polemical, but I still think it's amazing that. this whole clique thing that we were talking about it's nice that someone from the clique can call clique i'm saying clique because he's not from a right wing ideological he's not a right wing uh, journalist he is someone who's to con the right in fact so for him to call his own i think it's quite it's something that we could do within india i read that piece it's brilliant and matt taibbi is like yeah. i mean he is one brilliant writer he's one brilliant writer amazing writer. i mean he's really gone at the heart of it and some of what's happening in the american newsroom is really alarming like one of the reporters had to apologize because he was you know he was covering the riots and there was a black man who basically it was an interview where the black man basically telling him that look um, it's only news when a white man kills me but no one talks about it when a black person kills me or that or mm. you know why aren't we talking about all sorts of crimes of yeah. the fact I mean he says that i know that people will tell me i shouldn't bring this up because it dilutes but i want to talk about it right now and fair it's a it's a fairly fine thing to talk about except there's af- after this follows a whole outrage from his colleagues on him normalizing racism and then he had to like he was literally like shamed on twitter for two days and he had to apologize yeah i read so about that so i think well. yeah some of it is pretty crazy what's happening in the newsrooms there the censorship the best line i have read about like the whole world economic system was from matt tabby so after the 2008 crash hmm. he described goldman sachs as a giant, giant vam- you remember that, that? Yeah, sucking giant the blood on the face giant vampire squid yeah wrapped yeah, around the face of humanity squeezing yeah. out blood that yeah i remember brilliant. that i have three pieces i want to recommend one is pradap bhanu mehta's piece in the express on the leadership, leadership. in india i think it's an extremely I I recommended it last week no 
No, no, this is the person I had. And two other quick pieces. One is, one is the police of business surveillance. You must read this. Uh, it's a podcast actually on how this, you know, all these companies that are backing out like Microsoft and all saying that we will not let our technology be used by police, how it is used in problematic ways. And once, you know, they're saying we are using this only in extraordinary circumstances for COVID. But this piece says that history has shown us that once extraordinary circumstances go, these measures won't go. They are here to stay. And the second piece, which is heartbreaking, is about who pays for the police. Just, just I think all journalists should also listen to this podcast about how women bringing up, I think, four or five children, one ticket completely just wrecked her life. Because if you're a you know low-wage worker, one ticket for like $500 or $1,000, basically she had five kids sitting in the car. This policeman, who she claims is racist, gave each of them a ticket for not wearing seatbelt, $200 each, that comes from $1,000. And she makes $10 an hour. And how that led to this chain of events that completely wrecked her life. So I think A, cops should watch it, uh, should listen to it, because one little decision of yours ruins people's lives. Mm. And the second, uh, I think it's a fantastic way to tell a story, which is a human interest story, but tells a bigger story through data and how police actually makes its revenue. On that note, thank you, panel. Uh, thank thank you. you for listening. Thank you. Thank you for writing in. I'll include more emails next time. Uh, but, well, if you want to write to us, you can write to us at contact at newslawney.com. I repeat, contact at newslawney.com. If you have any other abuse to leave, you can leave it on our Twitter timeline. And if you want to sponsor any subscriptions, do write to us at contact at newslawney with sponsors subscription in the subject line. I'll leave you with this song. Have a good week and have a good day. Bye-bye. पंजाब से कोई महाराष्ट्र से कोई यूपी से है कोई बंगाल से कोई पंजाब से कोई महाराष्ट्र से कोई यूपी से है कोई बंगाल से तेरी पूजा की थाली में लाए हैं हम तेरी पूजा की थाली में लाए हैं हम फूल हर रंग के आज हर डाल से फूल हर रंग के आज हर डाल से नाम कुछ भी सही पर लगन एक है ज्योत से ज्योत दिल की जगा जाएंगे ऐ वतन ऐ वतन हमको तेरी कसम तेरी राहों में जाकर लुटा जाएंगे All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel.